awesome podcast. Toot toot. We're broadcasting to you from beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. The gateway to the South, a lot of people call it. You ever heard that, Mr. Possum? Oh, the gateway yeah. to the South? Of course I have. Uh-huh. So don't bother coming down here if you're not prepared to descend even deeper and deeper. That's right. Into the wild American South. That's right. Until you might find yourself, I don't know, out on a dock in the bayou. Mm-hmm. They say don't aim your car at the South unless you intend to shoot it through all the way south. <laughs> yeah, don't drive through Louisville, Kentucky unless you're prepared to plunge into the depths of the Gulf of Mexico in your yes. car when at the end of your trip. That's what that sign when you're entering Louisville that says plungers only. That's what that means. It's just not about turlets. Yeah, it's a very, very cryptic sign. I've always wondered what plungers only could possibly mean. Louisville, home of the cryptic sign. Well, you're looking very well tonight. Well, thank you, Mr. Possum. I was wondering if you would notice these new sock garters I have. Oh, I did. And my monocle's been freshly polished. Yes, uh... You look sharp. I don't recall seeing you wearing that uh, particular top hat and tails before. Yeah, it's because it's new. You got a brand new suit here. Yes, I ain't stank this one up yet. I went to the top hat store and the suit store in the same day. No, I don't know why they ain't in the same building. That's the thing I find most irritating about being a big-time rich guy is uh, matching your top hat to your, uh, to your tails. It's harder than it seems. Before I had that money... I didn't feel like a fool. But now that I've got my top hat on and my tails, I think, well, everybody's looking at me now because I smell rich, I look rich, I look good. I've got to, you know, there's a higher standard for behavior and for clothes matching and stuff. It's such a hassle being a well-kempt, fancy-dressed rich man that you might as well just, uh, you know, not even bother with all the fancy suits and top hats and monocles and such. And just hand everyone a nickel and dime as you walk past them on the street. I'd rather just dress nice. I mean, it is one of the great pleasures of this world, uh, having nice things and showing them off, isn't it? I wish everybody could experience it to feel this rich. I do too, Mr. Possum, and uh, I think that's why tonight on the show, what we should do is we should educate our listeners on how they can be rich Oh, I love that. And I'll share some ideas, too, about how I can become even richer, and maybe they'll learn something, too. Well, yeah, that's part of educating people on how to be rich is demonstrating it by becoming more rich in front of them. Right. It's like showing somebody how to take a money bath or use your first money rake. You get a pile of money and the... the the wind's blowing it away. You got to use it to work that money rake. When we come back, we're going to start telling you how to get rich quick. We've got a bunch of get rich quick schemes that are guaranteed to work. Guaranteed to turn you into a fancy rich person almost overnight, if not overnight.
Tonight on the show, we're sharing some of our best get-rich-quick schemes. Mr. Possum, you want to kick things off? You got a scheme for us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first one I got is is just you get you go on Prices Right. It's a show that's got dollar bills in the logo of it, first of all. Uh-huh. They're made of money. They're made of money. They throw money in cars and refrigerators and kitchen appliances and all sorts of stuff at you. And you just got to show up there and get on that game. That's all. It's easy. Your first uh, get-rich-quick scheme is to is to go beyond the prices, right? Yeah. Of course, they're going to call me out of the audience for sure because I'm a mess. You know, they always pick the weirdos to go up there and be on the show, so <laughs> step one's done. Well, Mr. Possum, I don't know that we should call the contestants on the prices, right? Weirdos. But I will say, I do know people who have gone to the prices, right? If I can contribute to your scheme here a little bit, sure. they do try you out. Like, they see how much you are willing to freak out if they say your name yeah. when you come in. So they're like, hey, why don't you show us you celebrating or whatever? Mm-hmm. And if you do a good job of that, I think you are more likely to get called. But yeah, as long as I don't pass out and go dead, then I think I'm fine. It's very likely that they'll say... They'll call my name, and Possum, come on down. And then they whip the camera over to me, and I'm just on the floor. And I stink, and everybody's like, I think he died. You just dropped dead. You know, and then they call the next contestant up, and I run up, and I'm singing my own Price is Right music. And I'm like, they called me first. I'm alive. I wonder if Price is Right actually has some contingency in place for if they call someone's name, and they and then that person drops dead immediately. I would be the reason for that bylaw. I hope that the bylaw is that if they call your name and you die, it goes to your next of kin, and they have to pause the show and contact your actual next, your chosen next of kin or or their firstborn son or right. something like that. They send a Price is Right helicopter to your house, and they say, get in. No, bad news is your father's <laughs> dead. The good news is you're on the Price is Right right now, and we're on air, and we're waiting for you. Drew Carey is tapping his foot impatiently, and you know how much of his sweetheart he is to, for him to be impatient. Now get in this helicopter. It's like a King Ralph situation, like a fancy butler comes to comes to some guy in his like, Chicago apartment and says, we have an emergency situation. Only you can do it, you know. <laughs> I'm itching to hear your first scheme, Big Al. What you got? My first get-rich-quick scheme tonight is a surefire hit. And I mean hit. Because you're going to want to start a band. Oh. There's few easier paths to a fat wallet than getting a floppy haircut, a jean jacket, and strumming songs about partying all night on your glossy turquoise Fender Stratocaster. Get yourself a van, a couple of mics a Pro Tools demo pack, and a guy who can play drums, and you'll find yourself on the golden road to success. People love music, Mr. Possum. It's been called the universal business opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, there's ways to tie in other income streams while you're up there strumming away on the stage. Like what? Well, you can make T-shirts, bumper stickers, men's and women's underwear, Branded cooking equipment, wines, hot sauces. Plus, you can sell over-the-counter medications and sundries at your shows. And we haven't even gotten into streaming revenue. All you need is a name. And you pop that name into Spotify, and boom, the money just starts flowing in. 
But coming up with the name is the hardest part, Mr. Possum. No, it isn't. That's the easiest part. I got a million band names. Oh, do you? Yeah. You need a good name, though. These got to be good. Give me a good one. Okay. And let's see if let's see if it let's see if it works. All right, they're all good ideas. I'll just reach in the grab bag and just blindly break out one. Okay, Slam Witch. Slam Witch. Slam Witch. What kind of band are you, Slam? We're a loose meat band. We make uh, songs that make you think about loose wet meat. So it's probably kind of like Primus. Well, Possum, I hope you enjoy looking out over crowds that are all dudes. Because I don't think you're going to get any women at a Slamwich show. Oh, yeah? You think so? And you need women at your shows for your band to be cool. And you need your band to be cool for you to make money. Okay, then. Well, what's a better band name, then? Something cool-sounding, Mr. Possum, like Stone Revolver. No, I don't like that at all. It's got uh, stone in it, which is cool, strong. Powerful, and then revolver, so it sounds kind of cool. It's or mysterious. Is the revolver made of stone? Mm, is no, the no, uh, no? Well, I guess the, I guess it implies that the revolver is made of stone. I don't I don't know how else you would interpret. It. I don't know, Big Al. That that sounds a little dated to me. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get dated if you're in a band called Stone Revolver, Mister Possum. All right, I disagree, but toot toot for that. Toot toot. Let me throw some more at you. How about Barney Trouble? You like that? Yeah, it's kind of, it's cool. It's kind of a pun on a on a pop culture figure, and then also it sort of sounds like the plot to Animal Farm, also. <laughs> so you could kind of have a maybe a Orwellian bent in your songs, like Muse does or something. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You could sort of talk about dystopian uh, pol- political stuff. There's trouble brewing in the Barney. Tonight, we're helping you get rich. You're welcome. Mr. Possum. Yes, sir. What's your next get-rich-quick scheme for our listeners to try? Well, sometimes the best get-rich schemes are just piggybacking on other people's ideas and changing them a little bit, and that's how you get a lot of money. Everybody knows that. Ah, the Ray Kroc approach. I got the idea for this when I saw them portable groomers for doggies. They drive around and they say, hey, can I clean your doggy in my van? And people are like, sure. Yeah, he could use a bath. He smells. Mm-hmm. And then they get in the back of that van and they shampoo him up. And I drive him around the block while they shampoo him. And they drop him off clean like magic. And I thought, why don't they have a portable groomer for humans? Okay. So it's a van that pulls up. Sort of tosses you in the back of the van. Yeah. And then they drive around the block. Yeah, we got a tub in the back. How do you alert people to your intentions is my is probably my question. Because driving around in a van and throwing people in the back of it is kind of going to look like you're uh, abducting people for some kind of ransom. Which, by the way, is another get-rich-quick scheme. Oh, wait, it's simple. You just, they're going to be scared at first. That's part of it, you know. But then I, I'm not going to take away the cell phone. Once they plop in that tub and there's nice music on and there's rose petals and I'm rubbing their shoulders and stuff, they're going to be like, I'll be like, go ahead and call your 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 wife and, and, and tell her you're okay. And he's like, honey, it's me. Look, I know it looked bad when I got thrown in that van, but I'm in the tub. You're not going to believe this, but I'm in the tub. 
My day just got so much better. Can I make a suggestion, Mr. Possum? If you must. I don't really like unsolicited business advice, but if you must... I was wondering if maybe you just, instead of uh, abducting people and starting this whole thing without even discussing with them a price or anything, uh, because you might abduct somebody who doesn't have any money on them, for instance, uh, why not why not announce your intentions on the side of the van in big letters? Get yourself a brand. You dummy. Nobody's going to want to get in a tub that's in the back of my van. Are you crazy? Nobody's going to get in that tub willingly. They have to be thrown in. I think this idea needs a, needs needs working over. One, you're going to have to figure out legally uh, what the parameters of of a surprise business can even be, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not generally the American way to just thrust your business upon people. Uh, okay, okay. I'll, let unwilling. me meet you halfway. Let me meet you halfway. What if I arrange it with people's siblings and significant others and say, you know, they reach out to me and say, look, my daddy needs a bath real bad. He won't get in the tub. He hates the bath. Mm -hmm. And I say, all right, I'll be, you know, what's his route? He goes walking every day. What's his route? I'll go scoop him up and bathe him. I'll drop him off. And he'll come home scared. Saying, oh, my God, I got a surprise bath from a possum. And they're like, oh, how horrible. And so so you're being paid by the sibling or family member or maybe boss of the person who's being abducted. Yes, I'm a hired assassin, but I'm a bather. I'm a hired, um, I'm a hired bather. I'm a hired um, tub gun. Hired tub gun. So yeah. uh, I, we can call the business tub gun. Well... And I could dress like Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Okay, all right. Well, we almost had a good business plan there going, and then you and then you got off on this tub gun thing, which doesn't make any sense. And oh. you're dressed like Tom Cruise, which would be an impractical outfit to wear for bathing somebody. Uh, so, but I do think the idea, the basic idea, has legs, and I'm gonna run it by my marketing team and figure out if we can make this work because I do think there is a market for surprise bathing someone in your family who refuses to bathe. Oh, I know there is. You better not steal my idea. I know you're starting to get to like it. I'm already texting with my team about it right now, and they're very excited. I'm texting with my team, too. Hope you like being in court, you turkey. All right, what's your next one, Big Al? What's your next golden idea? Two words. Discount Ray-Bans. Okay. Now this is a real surefire path to prosperity. Do you wear Ray-Bans, Mr. Possum? No, can't afford them. What if I told you I could get you pairs of Ray-Ban sunglasses for 14% off the retail price? Big Al, but at 14% off retail, you'd hardly be making any profit at all. That's right, Mr. Possum. I'm not concerned about profit. I'm passing that profit on to you. But how'd you get these Ray-Bans? Well, I got a guy who sells them internationally, and he had this, uh, the, he sells he sells to, like, royalty and stuff. He was selling uh, Ray-Bans to this king guy. I think he's the king of um, Argentina or something. Wow, the king of Argentina. Yeah, these are good, these are good glasses. Anyway, uh, my guy got stuck with this, uh, this tariff thing recently where he has to sell a certain amount of Ray-Bans in the, in the States so he can continue to deal internationally without a penalty. Um, so he's just trying to offload these Ray-Bans at cost so he can get back to his international clients, which, you know, pay him really well. 
Oh, that, that makes good sense. Yeah. Here's the thing, Mr. Possum. You got to buy a hundred pairs. So you're going to be selling these, these glasses, uh, and you're going to make a nice little chunk of change off of it. But, uh, as I'm saying this, I'm a little worried because I'm not sure you could sell a hundred pairs of Ray-Bans, Mr. Possum. What? Come on, of course I can. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I, maybe this deal isn't for you, Mr. Prosim. I don't know if I trust you to sell a hundred pairs of Ray-Bans, and I would hate to think that you would just blow a bunch of money on it and have, oh, I, I have can, them sitting I, there. I can do it. I can do it. I've already, I already know how I'm going to do it. I mean, it seems like a lot of pairs for you to unload, Mr. Prosim. Oh, you, you don't know a lot of people. You don't know a lot of people who, uh, cool people who wear Ray-Bans. Um, and it's, it, it's also non-refundable, of course, you know, you, oh. this, the burden of selling these is on you. Oh, I can do it. No problem. I already know how you do it. Here's what you do. I get some real, real bright white clothes and I just stand out in front of people in the sun. And then when they start to squint and cover their eyes, I say, care for a Ray-Ban and I pull them out of my pouch. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, I I wear, and there's another suit that I wear that's just like mirrors, and then there's an aluminum furl suit that I wear, and that furl is just so shiny in the sun, it blinds them. So I've got all the problems, and I've got all the answers. Ain't that the dream? It's like the old vacuum cleaner salesman who would come over and he'd say, do you mind if I dump a bunch of sawdust on your carpet here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I, don't worry, I have a vacuum cleaner right here. Right. How else are you going to know if it works or not? Right. Yeah. I am now confident, Mr. Possum, that I can sell you this box of 100 Ray-Bans. I won't let you down. I will not let you down. We are educating you on some ways to get stinky, stinky rich. Mr. Possum, what's your next get-rich-quick scheme for the listeners? It's simple. It's simple. I know my ideas tend to get a little weird, but this one's just a straight-across-the-board simple one. Okay. You join the NBA. Oh. It's simple. Think about it. You pick the profession Uh, that makes the most money, and then you just go do that. You just go do that. Yeah, just go do that. You just look for an ad in the paper where it says, like, you know, Houston Rockets, seeking point guard, you know, must be good at basketball, must be wearing shiny shorts. And I'm like, check and check. So I show up in my shiny shorts, and I say, you know, I do the interview, and then I do a couple dunks, and, you know, I got to borrow their flubber. I can't afford it yet. I ain't got the job. Wait. You got to borrow their flubber? Yeah, the, the dunk the dunk sauce that they put on the bottom of your, your basketball sneakers to make you jump up higher. Flubber. Oh, okay. All right. I see what's happening here. Um, what? You're confusing reality with the movie Flubber again, Mr. Possum. No, that doesn't sound right. The guys who play basketball that you see on TV playing basketball, they actually have to train for years to be able to jump and uh, perform the way that they do because flubber is not real. Oh, do you realize how foolish you sound right now when you say flubber's not real? Those basketball goals are like 20 feet high, and they're just jumping up. There's definitely some dunk sauce on the bottom of them shoes. 
I, I've been watching basketball my whole life. Now, look, mm -hmm. here's why just anybody don't have the flubber. It's expensive. You got to get all that money. That's why basketball players get paid so much. People get mad about that. They go, oh, how come basketball players get paid a lot of money and then the firemen don't get paid nothing? It's because they got to buy the flubber. You know, it's like a doctor gets paid a lot, but he's got to pay his loans back. Well, the basketball player is spending most of his paycheck on that high-grade flubber. Don't you think, as a society, we might be better off if we were given that flubber to, say, the uh, fire department so that they could, you know, just jump up into the tree, save the cat? Yeah, but then the latter industry is going to suffer. It's all a, it's all connected. Man, the economy is, uh, is, is quite a complicated rubric. Yeah, you can't just introduce flubber out to the world and expect things not to go haywire. Uh, we're getting a little off topic there, Mr. Possum, but uh, I don't. I think this one kind of stinks, honestly. Mm. I think you. Uh, I think you bricked this one to use a uh, basketball term. Mm. All right, toot toot. Not for the criticism, but for the pun. I don't know what the opposite of toot toot for all your guff is. Or we could just say honk. You know, like when you don't like something, you just go honk. I love that idea. So from now on, if you're a part of the Big Hal and Possum family, uh, remember when you hear something good, you go toot toot. When you hear something you don't like, you go honk. Big Hal, what you got for us next? My next scheme that is a guaranteed success is invent a sandwich. Oh, okay. Now this is huge. A good sandwich puts you into the pages of history in the lap of luxury. From the Earl of Sandwich to the Count of Monte Cristo, history itself is sculpted and sliced by the club Toot toot. Toot toot. Of great sandwich innovators. I'm working on developing a sandwich of my own, Mr. Possum. Do you want to hear about it? Oh, yes. It's, of course, called the Big Howl. Oh. Really? And it gets its inspir... Well, yeah, it's named after me. It's got to be named after me. No, it doesn't. And it gets its inspiration from the three kings of sandwiches here on the American continents. Who are they? Well, of course, you've got the Big Mac, America's sandwich. <laughs> You've got the Frisco Melt and the Mighty Reuben. The Big Howl is basically a uh, Frisco Melt with a Reuben on top of it, and then there's a uh, Big Mac sauce and pickles kind of mixed throughout both sandwiches. So when somebody eats this thing, they, they look like a snake eating an egg, I guess. You just kind of unhinge your jaw and you look all crazy. Yeah, I think a sandwich called Big Howl definitely needs to be something that uh, takes some effort to eat. You know what I mean? Sure. Now, Possum, if you were to develop a sandwich for yourself, what would, what would it be? What would, the, what would the Possum sandwich be? Well, first of all, let me tell you. The Possum sandwich is first and foremost W-E-T-T-T-T-T-T wet. Mm -hmm. It's here's a wet sandwich. It's like a glass of water. When you eat this sandwich, it's so stinking wet that afterwards you're going to be like, I need some chips to soak up some of this sandwich moisture because it's too much. But it's not. It's just enough. Wow, I like it so far. What's on it, Mr. Possum? Who cares? Is it burger-shaped or hoagie-shaped? Oh, it's so wet that it assumes the shape of whatever container it's in. I see. It's essentially soup. No, it's a hot liquid sandwich. Okay.
Mr. Possum, what you got next for us? What if I told you that you had the up jump on the hottest new doll baby to come out on the market since uh, Beanie Babies or something? What if I told you that? I'm certainly listening, Mr. Possum. You have my attention. Guess what? Mm -hmm. I got a whole case of biker babies. Okay. Biker babies. They smell like gas. It's a baby that's got a biker outfit on and got no shirt on. He's got a leather vest and a leather hat, and he's got a face that says, I just made a mess, and guess who's cleaning it up? Not me. Very in your face. That really does smell like gas. That smells like ga like gasoline. I'll tell you how. Each biker baby comes with a little container that's in its belly, and you fill it up with real unleaded gasoline to make that baby keep smelling like gas. Uh-huh. It's going to be the hottest doll baby on the market. People are going to get stepped on at Toys R Us. Everybody's going to want to have one of these probably in every room in the house. People are going to walk into your home, and they're going to smell the gas first, and then they're going to see the biker baby. And you will be the envy of the whole town. This baby's got gas, and no burping will get rid of it. Toot toot. Toot toot. I've got a whole shipping container full of biker babies. Okay. I'm willing to give it to you, all these biker babies. This is potentially like $5 million in, in profits if you, get, if you move all these biker babies. And I'm willing to give it to you for free. I'm, I'm confused, Mr. Possum. How, how are you making money if you're giving me biker babies for free? Oh, well, you, when you sell them biker babies, you give me 80% of what you make. You keep 20%, which is hefty because you can sell these biker babies for like $200 each. Now, do they come preloaded with gas? No, that would be dangerous because they're all piled up in a shipping container, you dummy. You got to fill each belly with gas. That's how you sell it to people. So I got I to gotta supply the gas, and I got to also sell the biker babies. So essentially, this is if I agree to this, it's like I work for you now. That's one way to look at it. But you really work for the biker baby. You're trying to find that little gassy baby at home. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you like to work for a biker baby? He rolls up in his little bike and says, Vroom, vroom, find me a daddy. Give him a little vest on the, that on the back of it. It says, if you can read this, my mommy fell off. <laughs> What's your next million-dollar idea, buddy? Gym equipment. There's few easier paths to prosperity than the development and sale of retail and commercial use gym equipment. You can sell people whatever you want if you make it gym equipment. You can uh, just sell them some heavy bars, you know, a couple of straps, anything, really. It's easy. Heck, you can sell a guy a $50 ball these days if you, if you call it like a medicine ball or something. There's only two problems. You can't really sell the stuff if you're a dumpy slob like me. So you got to find a hot, ripped guy who doesn't know his own worth and won't ask for much money in return. Uh, and you got to get him to hawk your wares. We call those, uh, we call these guys hunk hawkers. Hunk hawkers, huh? The other problem is if somebody hurts themselves on your exercise equipment, you're, uh, you're sort of on the hook. You're sort of responsible for that. So uh, you don't want to put anything sharp in your equipment. You don't want any choking hazards. Uh, avoid elements that feature an open flame, for instance. You don't want to set anybody on fire. 
uh, you know, they might have a biker baby in the room, and that would be bad. If you do your job, they will. I didn't agree to sell your truckload of biker babies, hmm. okay? Where you find one of these hugs? Usually what I do is I'll park in the parking lot of a gym for a few days, and I'll wait until one of the guys locks himself out of his car. Yeah, okay. Which both gives me an opportunity to approach and also tells me that uh, this person doesn't have all their stuff together. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And at that point, you know, you just you just offer him a couple bucks and a free, you know, and a free bit of gym equipment. And before you know it, you flip open that guy's Instagram page and he's doing sponsored content for you. Giving you ideas to get rich with. Well said, Mr. Possum. What's your uh, what's your next get rich quick scheme? Well, what you do, Big Al, is you get yourself a nice job. You want it to be a job that's recession proof. You know, something that's gonna be around even when times are hard. You know, a invincible sort of job. Something with benefits. Something with some of them four hundred one k's in it. You know, something with a, maybe a Roth IRA. You know, something real good. Yeah. Something that's got a good uh. Uh, paid time off plan. Maybe uh, get a job that your boss is nice. You know, something you're going to want to keep for a while. Then you get each paycheck and you just keep a little bit for yourself and then you save up a little bit later. It's going to be hard. It's going to gonna take some discipline. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after a while, you'll be able to afford one vacation before you die. Okay. So your get-rich-quick scheme here is to... Get a decent job and save up money for a while. For the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) 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 Oh, can you imagine? Oh, toot toot, Mr. Possum. You you had me going. Did I get you? You really had me going. Oh, wow. I got you. Woo. Oh, yeah. Possum, I've got a great surefire idea for how you can get rich. What is it? It's the best me in a trip round the world. A trip round the world? Yes. We shall start in the snow-capped Alps and travel by foot, horse, train, boat, hot air balloon, Cooper minis, single prop airplanes, a nonstop race around the globe chasing the sun and wrestling with the limitations of time and travel. Oh, what an adventure as we race to cross the finish line. Which, in this instance, could also mean the border of Finland, the the finish line. Oh, Finland. Get it? Toot toot. Depending on where we start, there might be two finish lines. Oh, toot toot. All right, I'm in. And the winner shall receive. Well, uh, that sort of depends. How much money do you have on you, uh, Mr. Possum, right now? Oh, money that ain't wet, uh, probably about $15. No, let's include wet money in the pot. 
Oh, wet money included, about $18. $18. Okay, wow. Okay, you're, do- you're doing all right. I have, uh, I have $12.37 here. Mm. Um, and so uh, whatever, whatever that is, $30.37, it uh. will be, that's the full pot. So minus whatever it costs for us to go around the world, uh, that pot goes to whoever wins. Okay, all right, all right. So we're going to race on the road for some money. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, what an adventure it shall be, Mr. Possum. Well, that would be terrible if it wasn't. It would be, how could you turn that into something that's not an adventure? Yeah, of course, I'm in. Yeah. Now, this one's great because not only do you get rich with the winnings from the pot, but you also enrich your life and become rich with experiences because you, you've you've gone all around the world. You've had all kinds of wild experiences you've had to figure out how to uh you've had to figure out how to find a place to sleep in bangladesh with uh you know when when you get there at three in the morning yeah that sounds awesome the best part of traveling i think is the actual transportation it's finding a cab it's fine it's getting on an airplane trying to locate a helicopter pilot those are the best things about travel if you ask me well i'll tell you what i'm gonna get in my hot air balloon because you know, it's, it's a classic tortoise and a hare situation. Everybody's driving cars and stuff like that, but there ain't no traffic and hot air balloon traffic up there. I'll be all mm. by myself just floating to the finish line, having a sandwich. I think I'm probably just going to get, like, a commercial airline ticket, honestly. Okay. Just fly around, fly completely around the world. Stop off in a few airports, have a little chilies to go. Yeah, it sounds like a solid plan. Doesn't sound as fun as mine, but, you know, whatever. That's hot air balloons is collecting dust out there. I gotta use it sometimes or else it won't start. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot, toot.